0: Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt. Matt, my name's Matt.
1: And I'm Matt too.
0: Hey, we're going to talk about uh, bills today.
1: Yeah, we got some things that happened in the last session that, you know, we wanted to make sure that we covered and let you, our faithful 17 listeners, know about.
0: So we're going to start today with bills about instruction. There weren't that many of them out of the 200.
1: No, there were, I mean, there were 200 plus that were put forward, uh, 60 or so that were passed. And by our count, and we've, we've, put the, uh, the data mining team of the Maine Education Matters, uh, the power behind that, and we found four, four of the 60-plus that have been passed that had direct impact on instruction. And Matt, I know this is an area that you and I care a lot about because instruction is, well, one of the things that we kind of um, do. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, I guess. I mean, so, if you're, if you're, let's say if you're a director of teaching and learning, instruction is in there somewhere. It's got to be. A director of curriculum instruction assessment, well, it's literally in the title. <laughs> Always
0: good. We are going to start with
1: a couple of the, the
0: easier ones, I guess. So we'll start from our list, we'll start from the bottom up. Uh, those are LD 773. Which was an act regarding secondary school education concerning sexual activity and sexual assault, and LD 1024, which was an act to destigmatize mental illness through health instruction that emphasizes the relationship between physical and mental health in schools.
1: What this does is, um, you know, a lot of the health or an education and phys- uh, curriculum has always had something to do with sexual activity or sexuality in there, mm-hmm. but this is now. Changed it a little bit by making sure that things like affirmative consent and communication and decision making regarding sexual activity are involved in there, including the effects of alcoholic drinks, stimulants, and narcotics on the ability to give affirmative consent and to communicate and make appropriate decisions. That's a real change in the difference, and those things need to be added into health curriculum uh, across the state.
0: So the other one, LD 1024, which was about Emphasizing the relationship between physical and mental health. I think that is obviously something that is, we've been talking about a lot with social emotional uh, curriculum coming up and uh, really talking about that. You have to be, you have to be well in school before you can start learning. And that's not just about, you know, being upright and breathing. Uh, It's about (laughs) feeling good and being fed and in a good space in order for you to learn and i think that's yeah. becoming much more apparent too uh and getting rid of those those stigmas about mental
1: illness well you know you know you you and i know uh, the work of john hattie pretty well in his work on visible learning and he has a lot of these 252 plus influ- or influences on student uh, achievement and there are some that are really positive but there are also some that are negative right one of those like negative are things like add but depression uh, one of them that really stood out to me was that, you know, a kid feeling like they're not liked in school. And it really gets to your point of, uh, in order to get to the cognitive stuff, we got to go through that though, um, that Maslow's stuff first. We got to get through that other social, emotional, that safe and healthy environment needs to be there if we really want to get down and dirty with the cognitive stuff first. And that's one of the things that this bill does, is it changes or adds another little addition to health curriculum um, all across the state where it must include instruction that addresses the relationship between physical and mental health um, in order to enhance student understanding of attitudes and toward and behavior relating to mental illness to eliminate, and this is written directly in the bill, to eliminate the stigma associated with mental illness. And to that, I only have one thing to say.
0: The nice part about this too, it's at every level, not just like secondary school, which a lot of... A lot of uh, bills just go to, to high schools, but this is, starts with elementary and the language is exactly the same. Uh, it's for everybody. Levels. Yeah, which is fantastic. K-12. So there's two other instruction bills. Uh, we'll start with 283, LD 283, which was a resolve regarding legislative review of portions of chapter 132, learning results. Now, wh- now wh- what, what, are, what are learning results? Well, uh, I think it depends on the school district you're talking to. But so this one, uh, you know, we, we love the, the resolves. There's a bunch of whereas here. Um, but this really doesn't mention a whole lot if you actually look at the bill.
1: Look at the bill, it's very confusing. You have no idea what it is. However, this one particular bill, when it doesn't really say much in the bill, landed and made a major paradigm shift across our state instructionally. Explain what this bill did is it eliminated the older main learning results for science and technology and it adopted the next generation science standards. The older standards were more, um, they were, they were, they were, they were fine, but they were kind of, they weren't necessarily, uh, They didn't do it what the Next Generation Science Standards do in terms of what's called three-dimensional design, meaning that they look at not just what the performance expectation is, but some disciplinary core ideas and cross-cutting concepts, these things that are not just in science, but also are bigger, bigger picture to get a a more integrated, full understanding of these science concepts. Plus, um, the Next Generation Science Standards bring into play these science and engineering practices, kind of like how the math has the mathematical practices. And these are these overarching uh, practices and um, acti- or not activities, but things that scientists do in order to solve problems and to answer questions. And they're embedded throughout every grade level. And so this is a major shift. These, these standards have been around for a few years now. Maine was actually one of the states who helped craft uh, the framework and started to do, was one of the first states to really try to get on board with the next generation science standards. We did not because of, well, politics. I I won't say exactly why, but things like climate change and evolution may have had something to do with it Um, because those are two things that are in the standards, and certain political affiliations don't like talking about those things, and certain affiliations do. So um, you can read between those lines, although they're really not reading in, in between. I kind of just laid it out there. Pretty obviously, didn't I? I think it did. Yeah. So that was one of the major paradigm shifts, and that's gonna there's there's a lot been a lot of professional development, um, being offered by the state and the Department of Education on this area, um, across for the. For for folks like folks like uh, Shari Templeton, are doing great work, mm-hmm. supporting this transition, and it's going to be a big one for districts who haven't already adopted the Next Generation Science Standards. Agreed. There's a lot of PD that needs to be done around this, uh, and explaining
0: and figuring out how way, basically ways to teach and assess because yeah. it, is,
1: it is a different shift. You're, you're it's, right. a di- it's a completely, di- it's a different shift. And there's another little wrinkle to the Next Generation Science Center that's going to throw a lot of districts for a loop, and that is there aren't a whole lot of textbook-based curriculum resources that are available. Mm-hmm. There are there are some internet resources like Amplify or STEM scopes and there's a couple others that are out there. Those are two that I'm just remember off the top of my head. But in terms of if you're thinking that a curriculum is going to be like a chapter by chapter by chapter, it doesn't really exist yet. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of questions about well, what resources do we use? What tools do we use? And I know that the DOE is working on um, providing that information in a lot of ways. But there are resources out there for for districts to use. You just kind of have to vet them and try them out to see what works best for your district
0: yeah it's going to be a little awkward time for a couple years i think until uh maine figures it out and is able to fully
1: support the districts yeah and that was only one of the things that 283 did it's it's amazing that there's so much
0: but there's just a few words on this piece of paper the final adoption of portions of
1: chapter 132 i know and so i think you know it was. It was. there was this little thing. The other thing that it did is it, com- it changed this a lot of the scope of our social studies standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it eliminated like the applications of social studies, and it put those embedded those into the standards itself. So now we have our general domains. There are only four domains now. Um, there's history, geography, um, civics and government, and Economics and personal finance. That was a big one that got added in there. Personal finance. Yeah. Um, and not just look at, you know, macro and microeconomics and the things that I like know nothing about, but you know, also what does it mean to have what is what is personal finance? And there have been a lot of DOE um, workshops happening on that too. Personal finance, a thing I also know nothing about because <laughs> I'm an educator. There you uh, go. Why work on personal finance? Because we get paid so well question mark? Right. Uh, And the other thing, so personal finance was a big addition to the social studies standards. And the other big addition was, um, well, I wouldn't say addition, but it was um, made more prominent was the role that main Native Americans um, played in um, our history in particular. And you'll see embedded throughout all of the standards at at every level now um, that there's a, a, a clear and direct, an intentional and explicit focus on including and talking about the impact and culture of main Native Americans in areas of both economics and geography and history and civics and, and government. So one of the things that I am very
0: happy that the uh, DOE has done is done a lot of professional development around these changes, especially for social studies. Uh, Joe Schmidt has done a, a really good job about traveling the state and explaining some great job say, joe great, great job, job joe great job uh doing really well on all of those things that you just mentioned
1: yeah i was just in one of his personal finance sessions uh, on personal finance and it was uh you know hearing a lot about not just the why personal finance is important um which is great and we need to have that kind of a basis and foundation but then also hey here's some stuff you can use here's some resources you have right. you can use to get started Yep. And, um, I think that's going to be a major shift for a lot of districts too, especially I know a lot of, a lot of districts at the high school level, their social studies is kind of embedded in history and geography. And those are kind of the, and and government, those are the three major areas. How much economics is really done some, but to what extent is personal finance. And that's going to be a big shift for the social studies department. I also know that was a big fight of whether or not personal finance Deserves and belong to be in the social studies. Should it be in career education development? Should it be in mathematics? But hey, folks, it's in social studies. Nothing we can do about it
0: now. No, no. I think it's I think it's good there. And again, they have like some really really good ideas about how to do that, knowing that a lot of the districts in the state are kind of all over the place. So they've got some really good ideas. So I'm pretty happy with that one. Uh, There's one more instruction one. Um, and this one is near and dear to your heart. I know it was LD 1382, a resolve directing the DOE to study and develop a state plan for computer science instruction and professional development.
1: Yeah. So, um, a couple of years ago or so, the main DOE and whatnot, the legislature developed a task force to look at the importance of computer science and that task force came through and it made recommendations. And so now we're on in that next step of where do we go from here with computer science? And, they have to develop and create a plan. There's a work group that's been happening across the state um, with a lot of different stakeholders. Um, I've actually been a part of that work group. Um, I missed one of the last meetings because I was sick. Um, that's my BTMI, but there you go, it's out there now. Um, and, uh, but it's really to decide how are we going to bring in computer science? And one of the major questions that's happening is, does computer science get embedded into some already existing curriculum or does it co- become become its own particular thread, strand of standards? Um, and there's, you know, really strong arguments on both for, from both sides of those. I know where I stand on it, but it's not for me to decide. Even though my way is the right way, <laughs> just putting that out there. Uh, so I'm just the putting place. that out there. If more people would listen to me, then things would just be perfect. What they're
0: going to do with this one is uh, <laughs> try to figure out the, the state plan for instruction try to find a PD plan for educators that includes training and an estimate of the funding levels necessary to do this. And uh, they're going to be able to put a bill in, in this second session of the 129th coming up in January. Uh, I haven't necessarily seen those yet. I'm not sure if
1: you have, I have not, I have not seen it. I do know that the, there's another pod coming down the way, but we do have a, some titles that have been released. Um, that was that was my one of my favorite pods from our last All year our exactly because we have no idea what it's going to be and we can just you know hypothesize and conjecture and whatever um but so I, I think what's going to happen is that depending on when this um plan is developed i think that they'll have some wiggle room that if they submit the plan before january 1st and let's say the session starts going in, they'll still be able to add in a bill afterward because it, it does say it, it, they're allowed to submit one when, right. that,
0: when that gets put in, I don't
1: know.
0: Right. So I was looking at, that, uh, at all those rules about what could happen in second session because clearly we have no idea. But it turns out there are some rules, uh, which would have been nice. And if it's in statute like this one, they can do it any time during the session. Yeah. So you're right. There is, some, there is some time. There is some wiggle room. It doesn't have to be put in by a certain date, which I believe is next week. It has to go to like the legislative committee yeah. mid-October or something to get approved to be submitted. Uh, so it won't be automatic uh, for many bills. They have to actually be approved, unlike first session where you put in a bill, it's going to get a hearing, period. So that's a little different. That's a little different, yeah. And we're, we'll are be here to help, of course. Or. Or maybe not help.
1: Well, I, I will say this. I, this is one that I am definitely following very closely. And, um, and you can probably be assured that I'll bring this up again on the pod at least once, if not several more times.
0: Meaning, parentheses, every pod. So maybe. we're going to transition a little bit here and talk about one of our favorite things, task forces. When there are resolves, there are task forces. Because the resolves are usually, we're not quite sure what to do here. Let's put a group together, and we said. And I, and
1: I would assume that this group would have people like B. A. Baracus, and Hannibal, and Murdoch, and Face involved.
0: Dating yourself right on the pod—that's pretty good. I am, and for
1: those of you who don't get that reference, I am so, so sorry.
0: It is. It is a shame. And for those but of you who do, you're welcome. When we saw resolves, we talked a lot about whereas is. Which we love, we do,
1: because uh, but, whereas I mean, where, this is it's a declaration. Whereas this exists, whereas this is happening, and some of the whereases are truly like moving and yeah, absolutely, and some of them are just downright hysterical.
0: So we're gonna like kind of run through a whole bunch of these. Yep, uh, this there's, a,
1: there's a lot of task forces that have to be convened and do stuff. Before like January 1st. <laughs> I know.
0: So most of these, I'm certainly hopeful that they are going right now. Uh, some of them I know. We just talked about one actually, which is 1382 about computer science instruction. You said you're part of the, that work, group. Uh, of that work I, group. I went to one of those sessions uh, representing main curriculum leaders. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, and I was yeah. like, this is a resolve of a task force that's in action. And I'm in it right now. Yeah, you're in, a you're, fun.
1: you're literally part of a whereas. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, are the as and the whereas? Let's talk about a few of these.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll do the the numbers that I'm going to say are all the LDS, uh, but we'll just go through them a little at a time and just kind of inform you. So there is a resolve from LD309, which directs the DOE to direct a study of the regional adjustment for school administrative units. I remember
1: talking about this one. I do. Sounds like funding. Yeah. Mm, I
0: don't know. LD576 directed the DOE to study and develop an online learning platform for students and educators.
1: Ooh, an online platform. Sounds like a virtual academy-ish type thing.
0: The next one was an act regarding, <laughs> uh, yep, LD six forty two, which was an act regarding kindergarten readiness for children who are deaf and hard of hearing. Now, not a, quite a resolve, but this one does. Uh, let me click on it here. Yep, uh, this was an act which actually uh, put was put into law and signed. But at the end of it, it uh, established a task force uh, to try to figure out some of the milestones based on current standardized norms, uh, developmental milestones, and basically trying to figure out what the standards standards will be um, for kids who are deaf or hard of hearing. So not only establishes something, it establishes a work group trying to figure out the rest of it.
1: Yeah, and a lot of this had to do, this was was one one little part of the entire approach for CDS and bringing in the uh, younger kids below five into the element into element to the public schools, because this had a lot to do with kids who are deaf or hard of hearing between ages zero and five in particular, identifying those kids, identifying those developmental needs along the way. And then what are our districts and are people doing to support these kids in their growth trajectory?
0: And so the next one is LD 651, which uh, was to facilitate school access to federal title one funds and improve the delivery of special education services.
1: Yeah, that sounds again like funding. Sounds like funding. And, and, and one thing I do know about funding. Oh, good. When yeah. you add things like Title I and special education into there, things don't get murky at all and don't get confusing whatsoever.
0: Hence, task forces. Task forces. Let them figure it out rather than, you know, on the floor of the house or something.
1: Or even better, have them figure it out and not us
0: also good. <laughs> LD858 directed the DOE to study and make recommendations relating to school safety and security.
1: This has been a big issue the last few years.
0: Period. LD1010 directed the DOE to develop a model school disciplinary policy. I remember talking about this one too.
1: Yeah, I if I remember correctly this was it was a model, more of a framework. It wasn't really a prescriptive must have this 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 but should be based around these particular expectations. I think that's where they're going to be going with it, or at least I hope that's where they're going to be going with it.
0: Yeah. So from what I uh, look at the, look at the, what the resolve says, it talks about uh, developing a policy about response to intervention and restorative justice um, and really trying to help kids rather than discipline kids for everything they do, uh, which is a good idea. So I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go at first until it started going through the process and they from what I remember, they just wanted a little more time to set something up. So put a group together and then again report back during this session for what a model could be, not a mandate. You are correct on that one. Yeah. Uh, the next one is eleven sixty eight, which was to improve Maine's response to childhood trauma.
1: Yeah, this is this is a this is actually a quite a big task force that's being taken on because um, they have to inform the DOE or and the, the legislature on a number of different topics, including things like uh, training for teachers, pre K through 12 administrators, other faculty, um, which is probably going to include folks like custodial, which is going to include food service, uh, bus drivers, substitutes, et cetera, on, on ACEs or adverse childhood experiences and trauma. Um, they're talking about state certification rules for training hours and these things. There's an RTI process they have to report out on for SEL, uh, health and social emotional screening. Um, Policies for setting standard ratios for students, a social emotion, a, a social and emotional learning curriculum for mm-hmm. kindergarten to grade eight. That's pretty huge. That's a lot, and then lot you know, so lot. that and and then policies and how to develop policies. So this is a major task force. I'm not saying it's unneeded. I think it's absolutely needed to be looked at, but their requirements of what they're trying to pull out of this are enormous.
0: My guess is that one's going to continue for another year or so.
1: I don't see how they can get it all
0: done by January 1st. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Next one's LD13. Then again,
1: hey, we've been wrong before.
0: Mostly, I'd say. 1306, uh, they're examining issues relating to bullying in schools.
1: Yep. Again, getting back to this whole idea of mental health, uh, social, emotional health, making schools a place that are safe and healthy first, and then we can get to the cognitive. So, we already talked
0: about one at
1: the beginning of this pod. It was 1382
0: about computer science instruction. Want Um, me to talk about
1: this some more, Matt? No.
0: No, we're going to edit it all out (laughs) if you even start. So, LD. uh, This one. Sorry, I went Eddie Murphy on my laugh there. Sorry. (laughs) It was impressive. That stays in. So, this resolve, 1478, regards legislative review of portions of Chapter 115, which is about credentialing of educational personnel and i remember going to this one and honest to god it was probably the most boring work session i've ever been to it went on and on and this resolve actually goes on and on when it talks about specific sections of the chapter that they want to talk about it's really crazy because they're one of them uh for instance this is under section one subsection four quote the rule must be amended in part one section six to clarify that the condition under that subparagraph requires that the individual has no interruption in service excluding normal school vacations paid leave and unpaid leave wow Wow, that's that's amazing that's that's amazing Uh, Some of these just go on and on for a bit, and the rule must be amended. And then specifically what they're doing, uh, here's my favorite one. Uh, It's in Section uh, 10, I think it says. The rule must be amended in Part 2, Section 1.4a, regarding endorsement 510, 517, 520, 614, 620, 625, 640, 670, 680, and 700, public preschool to grade 12, to describe endorsement area 700 as industrial arts slash engineering and technology. That's
1: 10 endorsements. That's a lot. That's a, that's, that's a lot. Of, there's a lot
0: here. There's a lot. Number 13 says, This rule must be amended in Part 2, Section 2.1B3AIII, 2. I, I, Part 2, Section 2.1B3BIII, 2. I, I, and Part 2, Section 2.1B3CIII. 2. I,
1: I. The eyes have it,
0: it. Seems like that was all the same. Regarding... Endorsement 282, blah, 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 Oh, my Lord. It goes on.
1: It just goes and on. on.
0: And they're trying to figure it out. And their funds for this is almost $100,000 for one-time funds for the programming costs and contracted support staff necessary to implement the changes in this.
1: It's going to cost oh,
0: $100,000 to redo all this. Jeez. That was a lot. It was exciting. And we're going to move on. So 1549 <laughs> was an act to increase the supplement for certain national board for professional teaching standards, certified teachers in Maine. And yeah, we,
1: we talked about this one. This one was the original one that was uh, all about, you know, if you're in a district that has 50% re- free reduced lunch rate, you know, your national board certified teachers could get a bigger stipend. I think originally yeah. it was something like like 10 grand or something.
0: Yeah, they dropped this down to, I believe, 5,000 as I look at it um, but, uh, 5,000 now, but they they, still need to figure out what the actual costs are going to be um, for the next few years. So that is the work group that they're putting together. So they actually changed the law for fiscal year 2021, which is next school year. Uh, but they're going to try to figure out what this is actually going to do for us later on,
1: which is kind of of a good thing. I think it's very responsible of them to look at that and then what it's going to, and what it's going to cost responsible because, I like that because you know they one they they literally don't know they don't know how many national Board certified teachers out there and I think they should they should be polling a lot of these other districts especially with fifty percent more free reduced lunch rate to see um, do you have any people who are interested exactly what
0: if this well, is okay. going to cost us twenty five million dollars as a state which it's right. not but
1: what if you know, you know what's what's the average percentage of national board certified teachers in a district. And then if we were to apply that percentage, let's say to all districts, what is that going to cost? Even so a those, simple, simple estimate like that.
0: Right. So they liked the idea of it and they said, yes, you should get a little bit more, uh, but let's figure out how much more this is actually going to cost us. And right. then, we'll, then we'll do something appropriate instead of just kind of guessing. Cause I think that's where they were before when you said they, they were at 10,000 and it's now five, which is an increase, but, they need to do a little bit more work before it uh, becomes uh, move-on time, and it's yep. move-on time for us right now. So we're going to go on to sixteen forty-one. We've only got about uh, oh
1: look at that only four left. Yeah, we're we're flying right through these task forces before yeah. we know it. The task forces will be done. No more whereas's.
0: <laughs> there will always be whereas. Sixteen forty-one oh, yeah. examines issues relating to the school transportation workforce. Um, yeah, we don't have any school bus drivers.
1: That, that's a major shortage. I know districts are trying to do whatever they can to get them in, with signing bonuses and bringing them onto the insurance uh, plans, and yep. you know, and all those things are increasing the bottom line of a district. Um, and so that's gonna that might take away from other areas or increase property taxes, et cetera. But the other reality is, if we can't get kids to school, there's a little main statute that requires transportation for all kids. So we have to do that. So we don't really have a choice. So I know districts where the actual, the transportation director is out there doing the runs herself yep. because they have no one else to do them.
0: Exactly right. I've heard of some districts have to do double runs just to get kids to school. Yeah. They only have, they have like five drivers and only two show up or something or they right. only have two and they just have to go get the kids and then go get more kids.
1: You just think about those poor kids though. Some of those poor kids are going to be either on a bus really early in the morning or at school really early in the morning. And they're just, what are they, are are they waiting for the other kids to get there? So they're all just waiting around what happens to those particular kids Are you know, what's going on there. And that's, that adds another additional burden onto the schools and the teachers and the the class. It's, It's just, it's a real domino effect. So it's a good thing. They put a task force together.
0: So the next one is 1778, which is an act to amend the laws concerning the children's cabinet and its advisory councils.
1: Now, this is, uh, not, right a pla- this is not a place where they go and put kids into a cabinet.
0: That's what I originally Correct. thought. So if they were amending those laws con- uh, concerning it, I would agree that you know the cabinet needs to be at least somewhere that they could at least sit down and not be hunched over.
1: Sure. You know, like a cabinet under the stairs, like Harry Potter.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. So I'm glad they are amending those laws and putting a task force together to make sure that a uh, uh, closet under the stairs is a appropriate size.
1: Hey, if it was good enough for the boy who lived, it's good enough for my kids.
0: Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> See if anybody out there tweets at us at all.
1: <laughs>
0: so 1820. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> amends the laws governing investigations by school entities into holders of credentials.
1: Uh oh, don't, uh oh, what, what is this? Investigate investigations by school
0: entities into holders of credentials. That sounds ominous. It does sound ominous. And I know from talking to some school districts and some teachers uh, that are involved with this uh, that there's been some concern over the past few years about how investigations were happening, and there was not a lot of consistency happening. Uh, so this is just trying to figure out, okay, what is the right way to do this? What's a fair legal way to do this? Uh, and again, putting a task force together is, is, is a good thing for this one. Yeah. Uh, explore
1: consistency. it. I mean, consistency. They're looking for consistency. And I, if there's one thing that Matt and Matt and Manage Case matters is all about, it's consistency. Well, without a doubt. They, without you know we are hundred percent consistent in being inconsistent. And well,
0: another thing that we are mostly known for has to do with this very last one. It's LD898, which is an act to provide for support for new educators. But what it actually does go through all kinds of things. And this is where the Matt and Matt part comes in. It reestablishes the professional standards board. Yep. And as you listeners know, uh, we don't really have any. So I guess there's a a good board to talk about standards because we don't really have any professional standards as podcasters.
1: Right. Now, uh, now, I will say, I, I'm just looking at this, too, because this was also enacted on yep. July 2nd by the governor. Yep. So we're not only going to be um, providing the support and doing these things, but we're also going to be looking into, over the next couple of months, how to do this. Yep. And the governor is going to be appointing members for all vacant positions um, no later than November 1st. And then the professional board will have a meeting no later than December 1st. So we still have a chance to be on this. They should absolutely call us. Yeah. If they have anything to do with professional standards, they probably, that's why we haven't got a call yet. Well, we can advocate for having the professional standards be very minimalist. As long as they bring some chips, I'd be happy to be on that task force. Oh, uh, you're, you're, my heart is now in, full of song after mentioning chips. <laughs> so what we've done today,
0: we've gone over the very few bills that had to do with instruction. That four, folks. There were four. And there were a lot of task forces, like four times as many task forces, which you know kind of, kind of, they kind of balances out. We love task
1: forces. We, we love task forces, but it does kind of speak to some things. Like, okay, well, of the sixty plus bills that we're going to pass, we're going to have four uh, only really based on instruction. Yet, we're not really going to commit to anything yet, but we're going to have all these people try to just keep talking about these issues, and in a way, you know, finding more about things, and that's all really great, and dandy, But at a certain point, you know, make a decision. Let's, you know, let's
0: find out, I guess. So our next pod next week, I think is going to be about the, uh, the titles. Let's do the title I, one next week. I think we've got to do
1: titles. They were, they were, just, you know, as we're recording this, they were just released a day or so ago, um, on the or, or mid October 7th or sixth or something like that. Um, when we did tweet out, that out through our social media. So if you missed those, um, they're out there, um, quoting the late great Jerry Orbach from dirty dancing, by the way, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Um, so, we're paraphrasing. So they're out there, but go take a look at those titles, and we'll definitely do a pod on those. That'll be fun.
0: Where can you find us uh, for those tweets?
1: Well, on on Twitter, we're at Maine Ed Matters out there, and on the on the Book of Face, we're at facebookcom slash matters.
0: And that is where you can find us. That's where you can find all of our cool spreadsheets, all of our uh, you know pictures of chips around the state that we found.
1: And by the way, there are some, some few events coming up that either Matt or Matt or Matt and Matt will be at. So if you see Matt, Matt, Matt and Matt, and you're at one of those conferences, come say hi. Yeah. Maybe we'll even, you know, put you on a pod if, we were, if we're there recording.
0: And we're definitely going to get a picture.
1: Absolutely. We're almost at 17 listeners, I think, that we've got yeah, pictures we, with. I think so. We, there, we, I think so. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close. Well, good.
0: Uh, Good. We will talk next week.
1: Thank you very much for listening.